the Memphis Grizzlies made a new signing on Thursday, and you you probably just brushed it off because it wasn't a big name. But I'm gonna tell you why this might be directly tied to John Morant's suspension. But not only that, we got to talk about what's going on in the FIBA World Cup. Jaron Jackson Jr. played. Santi Aldama was supposed to play. He played, but seven minutes. We're going to get into all that coming up right here on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am your host today, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the commercial appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee. We're finally back. Oh, we had a few days off. Joe Mullinax is, is uh, you know, got a few well-deserved days off. And I myself, I've been tired. I mean, I, I got up for that, that 3 a.m. game on Wednesday. I said, you know what? Oof. I think I'll be able to record Locked Up Grizzlies and then it hit my body like a sack of bricks. So we're back Friday, though. You know, we're back with Locked On Grizzlies today. We got a lot to talk about in today's show. And before we get to that, uh, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Remember, FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked On. And right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Yeah, you heard that right. That math didn't sound right to you probably the first time you heard it, but you heard me right. New customers, you bet $5 and you can bet and you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. All you got to do is visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies today. Make sure you tune in everywhere we are. That's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, Locked On Grizzlies is there right now three days a week as me and joe mullinax uh get into the flow this will be the final month i think will be three days uh when it, the calendar turns to october we're turning the clock back up because as you know if we said on here october 2nd tentatively is the date that the grizzlies should be uh getting back into the fold of things with media day and everything uh surrounding the team but speaking of everything surrounding the team the grizzlies made a couple under the radar moves uh, recently, the first one won't come as any type of surprise to you. Me and Joe Mullinax have talked about this on the show. Uh, GG Jackson is officially signed to a two-way contract. You're, if you remember out in Summer League, saw him play those first couple games. You're like, hold up now. Hold up now. This man might play his way onto it, even though you know it sounds like the, the general idea is to get him on a two-way contract. He, the way he was looking for a second. But like the Grizzlies had a tough decision on their saying tough tough decision on their hands but nonetheless uh Gigi Jackson signed to a two-way contract that gives the Grizzlies three two-way players as of this moment Vince Williams is also on a two-way contract and so is Jacob Gilliard the point guard uh under the new CBA the Grizzlies are allowed to have three players under two-way contracts we'll see if those three players are the ones who remain on two-way contracts throughout uh, the full entirety of the season, and we'll see how that unfolds. But congratulations to Gigi Jackson getting his uh, first NBA opportunity. Sounds like we'll see him a lot with the hustle as well. I think that'll be great for his development. And we'll talk more about uh, what that decision kind of means for his career uh, going forward as well. But 
we got to talk about another signing uh, that was recently made as well, and that's Shaq Harrison. The Grizzlies signed Shaq Harrison uh, to a contract. This is the, the terms of that contract. Uh, are not yet disclosed. Once we find those out, we'll get that to you because that's probably a big part of this. But I've been talking to some people and kind of getting some intel on what's going on here. And let's just say right now with Shaq Harrison coming in, um, he's not your typical camp body, right? This isn't a 22-year-old raw prospect or anything like that. Shaq Harrison is 29. He's played on several NBA teams. And um, you know what you're going to get at this point. You're going to get a rugged defender. Uh, if I could say, you know, a name for Grizzlies fans, think Javon, a bigger Javon Carter. You know, J- Javon Carter was that point of attack pit bull that just got in your face and, and made it hard on you. Well, Shaq Harrison can do those same things, but he's tall. He's 6'4". He can, he can block shot, get out in the passing lanes. He's very good at the point of attack. I think he broke in with the Suns. He's played with the Bulls. Uh, play with a couple more teams. Uh, really good, really good uh, defensive profile. Offensively, very limited, and that's probably why he's bounced around uh, so much in the league. To this one, not no, probably to it. That is why he's bounced bounced around uh, the league. Uh, limited playmaking potential as well for a guard, but you're not getting Shaq Harrison for all that. If you remember. Before Derrick Rose signed to the Grizzlies, we were having this whole talk, me, Joe, and everyone else around the Grizzlies Nation, having this talk. Who will the Grizzlies fill with their last spot on the 15-man roster? Uh, I said guard, and the reason was because John Morant would be out. Uh, without John Morant, you have two three natural guards. You have Marcus Smart, you have Luke Kennard, you have Desmond Bain. Outside of those guys, you got to shuffle some guys out there. Sure, John Conchard can play guard. Yes, he's done it in the past, but he's more natural at the three. Sure, you can move Zaire Williams up there. Sure, you can go get Vince Williams off the bench who's on a two-way contract, who hasn't played much with the Grizzlies and who probably projects eventually at some point in his career as a three. You could get him and play him at the two as well. Zaire Williams, he has the you know the, the body. Uh, he can play the two, and he, he physically moves very well. He can play the two, but at the end of the day, Marcus Smart, Luke Kennard, Desmond Bain, those are the three people you trust as guards. And you can't you know, go into an NBA season with a three-guard rotation. So the Grizzlies went out and got Derrick Rose, right? Now you got four. And what happens if they turn an ankle or something real small? It's just you're playing back-to-backs and, 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 and Derrick Rose is getting his, his typical maintenance day or whatever the case may be. What, what if any of those things, right, wild John Morant's out? Well, the Grizzlies have kind of given themselves and potentially, I want to say potentially, because there, there's no guarantee that Shaq Harrison makes it out of camp. He's, this could be a camp body, but what the Grizzlies are thinking here, I believe, is if you bring Shaq Harrison into camp and he performs well, there's an opportunity potentially there for him to be extra guard dip while John Morant is suspended. There's an opportunity there. No guarantee that they may have remembered. The Grizzlies also have other names. They have Josh Christopher. Uh, they have Vince Williams on a two-way deal, as I mentioned. They have Jacob Gilliard on a two-way deal. And those are both players who could play, theoretically, a wild job is out. But Shaq Harrison, again, it gives you more depth. It gives you more versatility. You might be asking, how can Shaq Harrison factor into the roster? Well, according to the NBA CBA, 
Once a player, if a player has a suspension longer than six games, John Morant suspended 25 games, so he meets that criteria. If a player has a suspension longer than six games, this is in the CBA, a team can put that player on, I think it's called the suspension exempt list. But basically what that does is after five games, so after the Grizzlies' first five games, John Morant will be eligible to be put on the suspension exempt list and for the rest of that suspension. So 19 games, 19, 20 games, uh, the Grizzlies would gain an extra roster spot, and that roster spot can be used to to acquire another player who can potentially impact the rotation or potentially just be another uh, body for dip at guard. And Shaq Harrison bringing him into camp potentially profiles as one of those type guys. As I said earlier, he's not some raw de- developmental kid this isn't a 22 year old that oh we might throw him down there with the hustle and and see what he's made of and in four years we can use him as part of the rotation no that's it's not the case with Shaq Harrison four years Shaq Harrison be 33 this is a defensive guy who can come in the game be a spark on that end uh, get you some turnovers get out in the passing lanes and be a spark that's what he can do and that's typically what you want out of your end of the roster guys so he makes sense from that standpoint. You got Derrick Rose, you got Marcus Smart, you got Luke Kennard, you got Desmond Bain. Those are going to be your top four, I would say, natural guards while Jaws out. Uh, Shaq Harrison, potentially we'll see. Uh, we'll talk to the Grizzlies. Uh, we'll talk to Zach. We'll talk to Taylor well before that decision is made on Shaq Harrison. So we'll get more intel on uh, what his future is for the Grizzlies. But this is someone to keep an eye on. A great defensive profile, not much shooting. 28% three-point uh, shooter in his career. Uh, it's funny. You know how these things work sometimes. Because the last time I saw Shaq Harrison was at FedEx Forum when he was uh, on the practice court with the Lakers because he played with the South Bay Lakers this past season. Uh, the G League affiliate of the Lakers averaged 12 points per game over there. But he was practicing uh, with the Lakers in the playoffs. So, no, he wasn't on the roster or eligible to play in the playoffs for the Lakers, but he was practicing as a member, you know, of the G League team who has a lot of NBA experience or whatnot. So, uh, Shaq Harrison, latest signing. Congratulations to Gigi Jackson as well. But we're going to switch uh, the tone a little bit here. We got to talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. and Team USA. We got a lot to talk about. He played against an NBA caliber center, and we're going to talk about how he fared in that matchup coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. Before we get to that, this episode, again, I told you this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. So we got to talk about FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook is where you go to make every moment more. All you got to do is go over to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. If you're tuning in on YouTube, you see it. If you're listening, it's Locked On. It's spelled L-O-C-K-E-D on. And if you're a new user, I look, it's NFL season, and and I know a lot of us are football fans. I can't think of a better deal out there than what FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is offering. New customers can bet $5, $5 little dollars, and you can get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. And check this out. All customers who bet the $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. If you haven't heard, NFL Sunday ticket has transferred from DirecTV over to YouTube and YouTube TV. And they're throwing some deals out there right now. One of the best deals I've seen is bet $5. 
and you can get $100 off your NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV if you're a new customer on FanDuel. I'll, look, this is the best time to join. You got the baseball playoff season is, is approaching. You're going to the stretch run here. Uh, NBA season is right around the corner. And mm, NFL, NFL, baseball, basketball, all at the same time real soon. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Coming up next, we're going to talk about Jared Jackson Jr. and how he fared with the Grizzlies. I mean, how he fared with Team USA. Coming up on Locked on Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies, everyone. I'm DeMichael Cole, beat writer of the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee. And I tuned in. Team USA had a 3.40 a.m. local start time for today's Friday's game against Montenegro. Uh, in the FIBA World Cup. So if you didn't, you said you saw that 3.40 start time. You said, I'm, I'm not getting up at 3.40 in the morning. I'm not setting that alarm. Guess what? You came to the right place because Locked on Grizzlies, we're going to have you covered every single time. But tuned into that game, and there was a lot to take away from it. Uh, one of the very first and earliest takeaways was Jaron Jackson Jr. in the first half. Only played five minutes, two points, no rebounds, no assists, no blocks. No steals, but you know what he did have? Yeah, two fouls. And listening to Steve Kerr talk up to this point, you know, Steve Kerr basically a couple games ago talked about how he wants Jaron Jackson Jr. to kind of choose his opportunities when, you know, when to go after the blocks and, and when to hold back because, you know, Team USA needs him on the floor. Well, tuning into this game, he had two fouls in the first half. And Jared didn't see the floor again. Uh, Team USA basically used Bobby Portis, uh, Walker Kessler, who is played sparing, uh, sparingly in the rotation. So this was kind of, I think, the first rotation minutes he's seen in the World Cup games. Uh, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis, uh, Paulo Benchero, uh, all three of those guys kind of occupied the front court minutes in the second quarter. And Jared Jackson Jr. rolled the pie. So he finished with five minutes in the first half. Second half, a little bit more involved. Uh, finished the game with 11 points. Finished the game with a block, a steal. But guess what? Played 20 minutes, so got more involved. But zero rebounds. And that's what we got to talk about. Because this was the matchup that I wanted to see as much as any matchup with Jaron Jackson Jr. And there will be many more fun matchups with Jaron. But this was one, including the next one. We'll get to that in a second. But this was one that I said, okay, he's going against Montenegro, who has a two-time All-Star NBA center. I think this might be the only time he goes against a two-time All-Star uh, right in front of him at center in the entire World Cup. And that's Nikola Vucevic, uh, Chicago Bulls center, former center for the Orlando Magic. And he's a skilled scorer. He can shoot it. And I mean, he, he's a talented player. And Jaron matched up against him, picked up two early fouls, um, played, guarded him early in the second half, and then Team USA switched it up. They did. They pulled pulled one of those pulled a Grizzlies move. Uh, Josh Josh Hart started being the primary de- defender against uh, Vucevic, and Jaron Jackson Jr. guarded the forward, which is also another guy who's near seven feet tall. Uh, I think his name is Marjanovic. Uh, Mar- but but um, basically. Uh, 
he had to switch matchups. And what that did was Team USA allowed Jaron Jackson Jr. to to play more of that roaming role, right? We've seen it a lot with the Grizzlies when Dylan Brooks would guard Laurie Marketing. So Jaron would be stretched out, you know, uh, all the way at the three-point line and he could guard anything coming to the rim. Or when they played Zion Williamson and you put Dylan Brooks on Zion Williamson and Jaron basically would lurk in the paint, operate as a help defender and get a lot of weak side blocks and chase down blocks and things of that nature. Seemed like Team USA had that idea when it made the switch, but Montenegro was a little prepared. Montenegro said, okay, you're going to take Jaron off of Vucevic. We're going to put Jaron in pick and roll. So they ran some pick and rolls with the other big, and that kind of took Jaron away from the basket, and Vucevic dominated in that small stretch when he went against uh, Anthony Edwards, when he went against Josh Hart. So Team USA once. Jaron checked in in the fourth quarter, eventually made that switch back. Jaron guarded him down the stretch. And down the stretch of the game, uh, Jaron played his best basketball. He, he finished the game with 11 points, but I should uh, reiterate that he wasn't doing much scoring through three quarters. Uh, a lot of his work was done in the fourth quarter. The steal came in the fourth quarter. I think the block came in the fourth quarter, too. Chase down block. He had a steal off of a deflection that turned into two points the other way. And I think that was the the, the basket uh, that gave Team USA a 10-point lead. So Jaron Jackson Jr. made an impact in this game. But what I want to talk about is the fact that we've talked about, I've talked about it at least, I can only, how he is probably going to be the future center for the Grizzlies. And Team USA will give him the perfect opportunity to, to showcase what he can do in that role. And not only that, looking at those first few games, I was like, shoot. It's, this is the, the future center. There's no if and buts about it. But zero rebounds just stands out to me. And I know some people say, yeah, the guards on Team USA crashed the boys hard, as they should. Team USA does not have a lot of size. And for all the criticism that I'm throwing uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s way, Steve Kerr probably deserves as much, if not more, because Steve Kerr, he, he better stop coaching these guys like they're the Golden State Warriors. These ain't the Golden State Warriors. You you got Paolo Benchero playing center uh, like he's Draymond Green. And, yes, it works against certain teams, but when you're playing against Vucevic, when you're playing this next game against Jonas Valanciunas, and you're playing those upper-tier elite teams, that ain't working. Every look, Draymond Green is a generational defender, and you can't just throw six, seven, six, eight, six, nine guys out there and say, go guard centers when in the NBA uh, – Palo is playing, you know, the three and the four. Like, come on. But that's why I, I have a suggestion. And and my suggestion is you when you get into those type situations when Jaron is not rebounding the basketball, uh, put him at the four. You got Bobby Portis who can shoot the three ball. You got Walker Kessler who um, operates well, you know, in the paint, capable of shooting the three. But – Jaron can shoot the three ball. So these guys can play off of each other. And Jaron, he has the capability. He has the capability of attacking those mismatches and taking advantage when you put him at the four. If you look at what he did in this game, especially down the stretch, he went at Vucevic. He went at uh, the other bigs with his right-handed hook, left-handed hook. Uh, you put him at the four in stretches, and you also allow him to roam where he can be a help defender and help out in those situations. But 
no indications. There are no indications right now that Jaron Jackson Jr. will be a great rebounder in the NBA for what we've seen through his first uh, five-plus seasons and from what we've seen in the World Cup. So if you go with what we know, um, put in one of those other bigs. Bobby Portis, a little bit better uh, rebounder. Walker Kessler probably, um, I mean, he's, he's skilled. He's very skilled. I think you could trust him to get on the glass a little bit. But these undersized lineups, if you're going to play them, that's what Steve Kerr is, is, is doing. He's playing some smaller lineups where you got Josh Hart playing the four. Uh, you got uh, Paolo Benchero playing the five in stretches like that. And uh, Bobby Portis playing the five, which is understandable because he does it in the NBA. But um, that's kind of what you're throwing out there right now. And uh, I think to maximize what Jaron is right now, you want to put him out there at the four in certain lineups. As a five, uh, it's going to be tough sledding certain, in, against certain teams. And this was one of those teams. And this next matchup will be a really big test because he's going to go against Jonas Valanciunas. Grizzlies fans, I don't have to tell you much about uh, the big bruiser. Uh, he's going to bang. And he's going to throw that pump fake in Jaren's face. And Jaren's going to have to stay sound and not jump for it. And uh, he can rebound. He can rebound really well. Uh, I'm going to have a bold prediction. My bold prediction is Jaren won't have zero rebounds in the next game. How many will he have? That's a, that's to be decided. I was kind of uh, actually encouraged by the way, not that he's been rebounded, but the way he's been attacking the offensive boards. He had a couple of uh, games of multiple offensive rebounds in the World Cup leading up to this game against Montenegro. But again, that was against lesser competition. Personally, I'm throwing those games out the window. I want to see what you're going to do against Montenegro next game against Lithuania. And then after that, potentially, I want to see what you're going to do when, when you got to play those big bad boys, when, when you're stepping in front of, you know, Canada, and when potentially Spain comes knocking again, those type matchups. But um, speaking of Spain, we got to talk about Santiago Aldama because Jaren probably didn't have a good game, but Santi's game wasn't, even as good as Jaren's. And it's probably, it's not because of his performance on the floor that much. We'll talk about that next coming up on Locked on Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies, everyone. I am DeMichael Cole, beat writer of the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee. We're talking all things Grizzlies in this episode. And if you're just tuning in or if you've uh, been waiting on this segment, what we talked about so far is the Grizzlies signing Shaq Harrison. There's some direct John Morant correlation there. Talked about it and the potential impact of that signing or the potential uh, of that impact just of that signing just being a training camp body. Uh, it could go either way. But we also talked about Jaron Jackson Jr. Team USA. And now we got to talk about Santi Aldama. Uh, Santi has been one of the better players for Spain in the World Cup. We I've talked really good about him. I've wrote really good things about him at the Commercial Appeal. Averaged 11 points per game leading up until this most recent game against Latvia. And basically, if you were watching the Team USA game, because uh, Santi's game started about an hour late. So if you were watching Team USA play, by the time you finished watching that game, Santi had already played his, his, the, his full entirety of his minutes. Uh, Santi finished that game with seven minutes against Lavia, and Spain lost. Spain lost a close one, built a double-digit lead. Lavia chased them down. No Christoph Porzingis. Uh, Davis Bertans was real good, but uh, 
Bavia chased them down. Won that game 74-69 against Spain. Spain is defending World Cup champion. And Spain is also ranked the number one in the FIBA World Cup rankings. So, uh, yeah, Spain knocked off. And some Grizzlies fans, if you were tuned in, this was started a little bit later, but still early, too early for the early crowd. I think about 4.45 start time, but uh, local. But with all that being said, I couldn't help but wonder. I mean, how did Santi end up riding the pine down the stretch for Spain? Didn't see him in the third quarter. Didn't see him in the fourth quarter. How did we get there? Well, if you look at his numbers from this game, Santi had two points, only took one shot. Uh, missed his only shot, made both of his free throws to, to, to secure his two points. But he had two turnovers in seven minutes. Was that was that the cause? Not really sure. But I'll say this. I've seen Usman Garuba in the NBA. I've seen Usman Garuba play with Spain. seen Usman Garuba miss a point-blank layup down the stretch for Spain that Santi Aldama probably would have made. Uh, Usman Garuba was a first-round pick as well. And so was Santi Aldama. For my money, Santi Aldama is a better player than him right now. Yes, Gruba is probably your more physically gifted guy right now uh, in terms of 6'8", more chiseled frame. Uh, he's more gift, physically gifted, but from the standpoint of size. But Santi's a better shooter, better offensive player. Maybe Spain was thinking in terms of defense. I know some people have said things like, oh, yeah, Spain was relying on their veterans down the stretch, and that's why I'm pointing out Garuba, because I understand playing Victor Claver. I understand playing Rudy Fernandez, Sergio Lowe. All those guys are Spain legends, and they're really good. Uh, they could play in the NBA. Every one of those guys I just said could play in the NBA if they wanted to come over here, but they, they like playing in the Euro League. They get good bread over there. Rudy Fernandez is, I mean, he he's one of those ones over there. Uh, so uh, with all that being said, um, Garuba is the one guy I'm going to point out because he plays in the front court, and he got the minutes over Santi Aldama. Uh, two points for Santi. And Santi and, and Santi and Spain have a big game coming up as well against none other than Canada. So if you're following me uh, – Jaron isn't the only one that's going to be playing against a former Grizzlies teammate. Santi Aldama is going to be matched up against Dylan Brooks as well as he as he plays uh, for Team Canada over there. And Canada has been really good, arguably as good or even better than Team USA up to this point in the tournament. But with all that being said, here's my point. Um, Santi Aldama against Spain. I mean, Santi Aldama for Spain has been one of their best players uh, leading up into this game. All of a sudden, he's on the bench. Uh, you got Hernan, you got the Hernan Gomez brothers. Again, more experienced uh, players uh, for Spain. So you got the Hernan Gomez brothers, Sergio Lowell, Rudy Fernandez. I mentioned all these guys. Victor Claver, I completely understand. But Garuba, 21, uh, 21 years of age, got minutes over Santi. That's the one that I think that you can debate. We'll see what Santi's role is going forward. I'm expecting him to get back in the rotation because, quite frankly, when Spain's offense uh, went quiet down the stretch, Santi is a guy who you probably could have gotten the ball in. He's shown a fadeaway, and he's knocked down three-point shots. Uh, and he probably could have been an impact player 
down the stretch. But tell you what, those games Sunday are going to be really fun. You're going to have Dylan Brooks in Canada going against Spain and Sanzi Aldama. Leonis in Lithuania, that's going to be a sneaky one. USA better look out. Uh, Lithuania is a good team. They also got my guy Donatus Maniunas over there, former Houston Rocket. Uh, they got some talent over there. Team USA better be on its heels because uh, both of those games are going to be really good games on Sunday. Uh, Joe Mullinax will be here with you on Monday to recap all of that action as well. But thank you guys for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies today. Make sure you continue to stay tuned in to Locked on Grizzlies. As I stated a little bit earlier, make sure you tuned in for Monday's episode because Joe's going to recap it. And, and I can't wait to see uh, what Joe has to say about, you know, Jaren, about Santi. And he get to talk to Dylan Brooks. Grizzlies fans, if you haven't seen Dylan Brooks up close, you get to see him as he takes on Santi Aldama in that game. I think that game is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. The Team USA game will be on ESPN2 against Lithuania. So Jaren against Santi, they used to play beside each other. Now they're going to play against each other. I'm looking forward for that matchup. Really want to see how Jaren will respond uh, from a forceful standpoint. Uh, he has all the physical attributes to be a good rebound in the NBA. We haven't seen it yet. So I'm looking forward to seeing that as much as anything. But thank you guys for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies today. Remember, Locked on Grizzlies is free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm DeMichael Gold. See you next time on Locked on Grizzlies.